the problem is it's not what it's not what our representatives are voting for. It's the fact that the real conservative legislation that keeps illegal, illegal immigration out of Tennessee, that protects our medical freedom, that secures our elections, that keeps porn out of schools, that legislation is not making it to the floor to get a vote. Why? everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative. Joining me today is Gary Humble, who is running for the state Senate and Republican primary for District 23 in Williamson County. And he is here to uh, talk about his candidacy, but also the transparency bill that was not so transparently passed or presented here recently, what it means and what it doesn't. He was born and raised in Louisiana. Gary married his high school sweetheart and best friend, Andrea, in 1998, a Bible college graduate and a bachelor's degree from Northwestern University. Humble spent 15 years in full-time ministry in the areas of music and communications. Humble founded Grapevine Craft Brewery out of his garage in Texas in 2012 and grew it to an 11,000 square foot microbrewery. In 2014, it was named one of the fastest growing microbreweries in the country and received national awards, and he has still not bought me a beer. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm just going to throw that out there. A brewer that won't, won't even buy me a beer yet. After arriving in Franklin, Tennessee. True. Well, I think he might have bought me one beer. I can't remember. <laughs> in 2017, Gary was hired as CEO of the Family Action Council of Tennessee, a policy center leading the charge for biblical family values and defending the sanctity of life. Uh, Gary left his role uh, at FACT in 2020 to launch Tennessee Stands, one of the most effective advocacy organizations in the state. So effective that he has recently been targeted by the Tennessee General Assembly for being effective, spearheading the fight for medical freedom <laughs> and the security of individual liberties for all. And here are my remarks uh, that were not delivered to me to be said. Uh, and those are these. When I started the Tennessee Conservative, I was so upset that they had shut down my, my church and that our governor was calling us selfish for wanting to worship on Easter Sunday. I was upset that my gym was closed. I was upset that people's small businesses were being turned upside down. I was upset that people's uh, medical conscience was being violated. And when I looked around the state, I could not see uh, hardly anyone at that time uh, from the Tennessee Republican leadership that was fighting for our constitutionally guaranteed rights. But when I did look around, what I found primarily uh, at the time uh, were Gary Humble and Andy Ogles, who were making a big, huge stink about everything. And I was glad to join in. I was a, I was somewhat about a month and a half late to the party, but uh, I got there. Maybe I was a two or three months late to the party, but I got there and I was glad to find myself in good company. Gary, welcome to the program. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate the invitation as always. And uh, look, appreciate the work that uh, the Tennessee conservative does. I'll, I'll say I felt the same way uh, when Tennessee stand started and we're, we started throwing darts and firing arrows, you know, at all the, the nonsense, shenanigans, I like to say, that was happening in our government. Um, I was really excited when the Tennessee conservative came along and um, started saying some of the same things because all of a sudden I felt like, oh, thank God it's not just me. You know, someone else is willing to get up there on the front line. So, man, we are uh, very thankful for the work that you and your team do. You've continued to do an incredible job at um, informing Tennesseans uh, on what's happening in our General Assembly and, and activating uh, grassroots, man. That's what it's all about, getting people engaged. And so um, thank you for that work. Well, thank you. And I'm glad to, you know, I'm the same way. When we started, 
when I remember that protest, it was windy. We were on the Market Street Bridge trying to get conservatives out in the middle of a pandemic to say we want our lives back. And even my wife, for a short period of time, thought that I was out over my skis. But fast forward two years later, uh, every Republican in Tennessee acts like that's the stance they took back then <laughs> because they think yeah. people have short memories and many people in the electorate do. But that was not at all the case. Yeah. Uh, they hid behind the governor's skirt in the General Assembly uh, for months and months and months as people's uh, rights were trampled. Uh, even some of the most conservative people, uh, I must say, I wish they had not second guessed themselves and had been a little bit more public. Uh, you know, everybody has a different take on it, but here we are. Uh, I just, I just hope it never happens again. Let's yeah. talk about uh, before we get into speaking about your candidacy. Uh, talk about this campaign finance uh, and transparency effort by the General Assembly that was. The least transparent way a bill could possibly be presented on transparency, which was not to let the public see it, to bury it in a caption bill, to rapidly change it, to shove it down people's throat without them even being able to read it on committee with all these weird amendments. And I just got a good friend of mine, John Harris, the Tennessee Firearms Association, who's also an attorney, sent me a good write up on it. And uh, it's a big bunch of gobbledygook. Talk about it. You know, I mean, well, you you started out in a in a great in great fashion. It's a it's a bill that touted to be about transparency because we've got to know, right? Everybody wants to know what's going on inside of a five hundred one c four, but nobody wants to know what's going on inside their government, and nobody wants to read. I mean, this is remember two thousand ten when Nancy Pelosi said they were trying to pass the Affordable Care Act, and Nancy Pelosi said, ah. Just pass it. Read the bill later. I mean, it's literally what we're doing here in Tennessee. And um, so it's it's incredible that that's the way that got pushed. But, you know, look, I think it's a 12 page bill, something like that. For the most part, I actually don't have a lot of huge problems with the bill. They're trying to restructure some of the ways that PACs and campaigns report um, in this in terms of reporting their expenditures, for example. Right now, if a campaign has an expenditure that's less than $100, by law, you don't have to report each individual expenditure. You, you, just, you can just report a big lump sum. You can say, our campaign had $5,000 of unitemized expenditures because those were a bunch of smaller expenditures under $100. So what this law is saying, no, we're not going to do that anymore. You need to report every single line item expenditure, no matter if it was $2. I actually don't have a, a problem with that. I'm completely fine with reporting that in terms of PACs and campaigns. So there's a lot of things in there I'm okay with. The problem is that they want to now treat a 501c4 nonprofit like a PAC if only it says the name of a political candidate. So if I say Janice Bowling did a great job, or if I say Cameron Sexton voted on this bill you should know about it. All of a sudden, if it's 60 days prior to an election, Tennessee stands has to register as a PAC, and we're supposed to divulge all of our expenditures and our entire donor list. That's a, that's a huge problem. And the, the, the thing they're saying is, well, Gary, why is, is that a big deal, transparency? Well, <laughs> it's a huge deal whenever you've taken in donations from a group of people who have given to you so that you can be a voice and they've given with an expectation of privacy 
because that's the law and that's the guidelines we follow from the IRS, federal guidelines that have been in place for a long time. And this isn't a, this isn't a, a complete affront to free speech. The Supreme Court has talked about this through the years, especially in Citizens United in 2010. And I'll, I'll just close with this. Bottom line, this is not a transparency bill. This is a shut Tennessee stands up bill. This is a shut up all conservative grassroots organizations across the state of Tennessee that are giving us a whole bunch of hell right now because you guys are all paying attention and you're putting out videos and you're putting out news and you're telling everybody what we're doing and good grief, it's an election season and you're making it really hard on us. So we just want you all to shut up. That's what this bill is. This is a uh, incumbent protection act bill. That's exactly what you got it. And the thing, the other thing I dislike about it, uh, and I looked at some of John Harris's comments, is it puts these little organizations at such great risk of running afoul of the law that even if they don't spend direct voter outreach money, you could have something on your website. Well, what if your web hosting costs so much? Well, what if what if it costs so much to run your email program or your text messaging program or what if you got paid ads? What if something's up during the election, but it was posted months ago? What if it, I mean, there's just all kinds of ways this thing could be screwed, could be abused well, to attack people uh, yeah. because it is very nebulous and very unclear in many ways. I want to I harp on that for just a moment because that's a really important point. A lot of folks that are, that are, saying, oh, well, Gary just doesn't want to be transparent and kind of taking Sexton's side on this. I want to, you know, what's the big deal if you spend over $5,000 that you have to report expenditures? Well, it's because the way the bill is written, I, it's, it's one thing if the law said, if you spent over $5,000 on a direct expenditure, like a mailer, like an ad, so that you can pinpoint a precise expenditure. And then you can say, yeah, I spent $10,000 on the mailer. Here's how I spent that money. But the way the bill is written, it says, if you talk about a candidate and you spend an aggregate total of five of more than $5,000 on communications expenditures. So that means a percentage of salaries, a percentage of rents, a percentage of website maintenance. And how do you calculate that? How do you know if, if I said if I say the name Janice Bowling or Cameron Sexton or Mark Pody, how do I now calculate how what percentage of my video and what percentage of Tennessee stands total expenditures and if we even spend so that's that's where it gets real hairy because there's no way to the way the law is written there's no way to calculate how much money I'm spending if I'm not sending out a mailer or buying an ad. Yeah, I'm with you. So there's either one of two things, and I think one of one of the things is probably more likely. Either we have a lot of folks up there that do not have the critical thinking skills to recognize this as a problem, because when I read it, I recognized it as a problem like in 30 seconds it, of, of confusion. Well, a smart and, person would. Yes, and anybody that read that bill is like, okay, like here, here's the immediate problem it's going to cause. So either A, they, they're not critically thinking up there, or B, they are intentionally keeping it vague so they can beat somebody about the head and shoulders should they choose to do so. And I think that is more likely the case. And the way that it was passed 
the manner in which it was dropped on people, how, how it had to be leaked out. And they expect that folks will look at that and think that that is, I mean, people are dumb, but they're not that dumb. And it, it just, it just looks bad. It, it feels bad. It was done in a poor fashion. It, the bill itself has got all kinds of trouble and holes in it. It'll probably, I hope, be legally challenged. Uh, you know, I imagine you can count on John, it. You can count on it. I hope it's legally challenged. Uh, by and John Harris has got some time on his hands, and I'm sure he's pissed off. And he's an attorney. Maybe he'll go do something. Um, and so it just looks like something that just looks like a, a, a protect the incumbents bill right before the elections. It could not look any worse, in my opinion, even if the intentions were right. And I'll close with this before we get into the other stuff. If they really wanted to have transparency and if they really wanted to have some kind of corruption reform up there, they would stop the practice of taxpayer funded lobbyists uh, working yep. against their constituents. They would quit taking or set a cap on the percentage of special interest money that you can take uh, from areas outside of your district because left-leaning corporations rule the Republican Party in the state of Tennessee. They rule the General Assembly. Uh, you can't, you can't, there's a reason that all these corporate special interests are almost spending half a million dollars per member in the General Assembly currying favorites because it works to the detriment of conservatism. And, you know, Shane Reeves just passed this illegal immigration um, let's let's give them a bunch of illegal immigrants licenses, uh, commercial, commercial yeah. and professional licenses, as if that's not going to be a magnet. Yet everything that got killed by the Chamber of Commerce, NFIB and rhinos that dealt with uh, not transporting uh, busloads of them into our state, uh, taxpayer funded illegal immigration didn't get uh, didn't get a hearing, uh, was voted down by rhinos. Also, the E-Verify bill was watered down to the point of being meaningless. And that's the kind of uh, that's on one side, you've got left-leaning corporate America. On the other side, you've got Republican primary voters. And you talk about all the corruption and influence. It comes from that side. Yeah. It's not little pissant 501c4s running around. It's these large left-leaning corporations that fund these people's campaigns. If you've listened this far, you're one of the true blue Republicans that care about what's going on in our state. So let me tell you, we are the only organization in the state of Tennessee that's doing this kind of reporting so that you actually know who's conservative and who isn't. So if you would go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support, this has been the hardest damn thing I've ever had to raise money for. I've raised money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, Baylor School, state and local candidates, federal candidates, my fraternity, church, you name it. This thing has been the hardest to get support for because there's no money in keeping people free. And there's, there's a lot of money in taking people's rights away. So if you go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support, if you give $50 or more or a $10 plus recurring donation, we will send you this. Don't California my Tennessee Tumblr. If you put uh, the convictions and the courage of the majority of these people on these committees up in Nashville in here, uh, which would amount to about this much conviction and courage only when it's politically expedient. And if you put it in here and you shook it up, it would swell all the way to the brim and perhaps even overflow. Uh, out of this because it has magical properties. We'll also send you a Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker along with a Proud Tennessee Conservative bumper sticker and you will get my heartfelt appreciation plus this directory of your state and local, uh, your state elected representatives in the House and the Senate. And I hope that, that thing changes. I hope that that thing really changes a lot between now and uh, the election because we need some we need some conservative legislators up there.
to quit lying on the campaign trail and to start doing things in committee. So please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com support and hit that support button. You'd be one of about three people to do it. Moving right along, talk about why you're running for this seat and why you are better qualified to fill the post than the current incumbent. Well, look, I think anyone who's, who has any idea or semblance of myself and what I've done with Tennessee Stands over the past almost two years now, you know that I'm a fighter. And that, I mean, if there was one thing I could say for sure that we don't have in the General Assembly, minus Senator Janice Bowling and Representative Terry Lynn Weaver, you know, I, that's just two off the top of my head that I can think of. Um, folks that are willing to stand at a podium, put themselves in the line of fire and really push conservative legislation, even when they know that the establishment's going to come out and just drop the hammer on them, you know, but they're, they're willing to stand firm on principle. We don't have that in the General Assembly. I, we need men and women that are willing to go up there and fight. And look, I'll just tell you, so Jack Johnson's current state senator where I'm at, and I'm running against Jack, is the first time Jack's ever been primaried, which that's one of the things I've run around the state saying is how is it that incumbents around the state, when we know we're dissatisfied, they're not doing the job, they're not fighting on these issues. Um, why are we, why are they not being challenged? Why are we so scared? Jack's been in there for 16 years. So one of the things Jack will tell you is I'll put my conservative record against anybody. I fought for conservative values, bro. You didn't fight for nothing. You showed up and pushed a button. You know what I'm saying? I mean, is that is that what we consider fighting whenever we show up to the Senate floor and we push a yes or no button? But what did you say about these bills? What's actually see the problem is it's not what it's not what our representatives are voting for. It's the fact that the real conservative legislation that keeps illegal illegal immigration out of Tennessee that protects our medical freedom, that secures our elections, that keeps porn out of schools. That legislation is not making it to the floor to get a vote. Why? Because no one's fighting for it and no one's willing to stand up and fight for these bills and make their cohorts put their names on it. No, they keep the bills off the floor so that they protect each other. That way you can't say, well, they didn't, Oh, they, they're, they're, look at their votes. They're great. Well, no, they killed all the bills in committee. You know, I mean, that's how this works. So look, um, bottom line is, but you know, what's interesting. I'll say this. You can ask your next question. Cause I, this fighter thing, right? I launched my website and our campaign sort of about three weeks ago. Um, kind of put out there. I'm running Gary humble for Senate.com. A week later, so about two weeks ago now, you can go to Jack's website. All of a sudden, he's a fighter. He's fighting for this. He's fighting for this. He's running uh, Facebook ads right now that he's against unconstitutional mandates. And you're going to love this one. You can go read his website. Jack led the fight to get mats off of our kids. Led the fight to get mat. Bro, you never said a word about masks on our kids. While we were out there on the street rallying, you know, going to school board meetings, filing lawsuits, and parents called you up and said, Jack, please help me get the mask off my kid. You said, well, you need to go vote for a new school board. I'm just a state senator. We need a new state senator. 
Well, I I have not seen. Um, I mean, I you know recently I saw Jack sponsored this bill, which I'm all for it, reinstating uh, work for SNAP benefits. I think that's a good bill. But when it comes to the medical freedom fight, um, I, I mean, I don't remember everything. I will freely admit I do this as a second job. I'm not in it to the degree that you are. But when I Jack Johnson does not ring a bell the last two years. This is from Brandon Lewis at the Tennessee Conservative News. Does not ring a bell. That doesn't mean he might not have doing been doing something in a corner somewhere that I didn't know about. But he does not does not ring a bell with me. And we did a lot of reporting on this for the last year and a half. It's the reason I started my publication. I can't recall it. Now I could be I will interview Jack. And I'll ask him these questions. I don't mind doing it. I believe in giving everybody a fair shake. We run a news organization. We do not play favorites. I give both sides to every story. If they'll if they'll talk to me, sometimes they won't, but I don't remember it. That's just me. And that, that's a that's a big issue with me. So you're running against him. He's a Republican incumbent. Uh, what is it about Jack's record that you can take objection to? And you know, what would you do better? I'm gonna ask every person who's running against an incumbent to talk about the person's record, specifically votes. I love it when people people have those. Uh, you know, what, what do you take objection to aside from the fact that, that in your opinion, he's not been a fighter, you know, I gotta go back and look, uh, cause this just happened. This just passed. I'm not sure how he voted on this, um, professional licensing to illegal immigrants bill. I, I need to go check on that. I'm assuming he, let me not say, cause I don't know, but the bill that just passed the Senate floor yesterday, the, the transparency bill, the protect the incumbent bill, uh, he voted yes. You know, you only had we had three conservatives on the Senate that were willing to stand up. The ones who usually do Mark Pody, Janice Bowling and, and uh, Joey Hensley. They were they were no votes on the protect the incumbent bill. Every other vote was a yes vote on the floor, including Jason Yarbrough and uh, Akbari, who are Democrats. So uh, why? Well, because, yeah, I'll pass a bill that protects me. Um, the other thing I can say, not in terms of votes, but just uh, really poor decision making. You remember back whenever we're, we're trying to preserve people's um, right to make their own medical decisions, especially in terms of employment, beating down Jack's door, man, let's get this done. Let's push some legislation. Let's support medical freedom. Let's protect people's jobs. He won't do that, but he was one of 16 senators that signed a letter on Senate letterhead strongly urging all Tennesseans to get the safe and effective vaccine. So you'll use your bully pulpit and you'll congratulate the governor on spending $10 million of taxpayer money running commercial ads telling you how great masks are. And you'll use your position to sign a letter almost coercing on the behalf of the government for you all to take the vaccine. Hey, your employer's just trying to do their job. Take the vaccine. But you won't fight for a bill that will protect those people to have the ability to make their own decisions. So to me, it's not, it's not a matter of votes. It's, it's the fact of what you will use your position to defend and what you will use your position to just stay quiet on. It's, it's a difference of protecting the individual uh, versus protecting government interests or someone else's interests, i.e. Jack's all about pro-business. Uh, I'm about pro-people. I think we're, we're all people. Business owners are still people, and you have to balance those interests of everybody. I agree. Well, what would your top five legislative priorities be 
for you to be elected. I mean, what if you're thinking, I'm going to right out of the gate, these are the five things I'm going to work on. Uh, what would they be? Look, we it's amazing to me that after post COVID and after as much as we yelled and screamed about lockdowns and masks on our kids and all the things, you know, being called non essential, you understand two years later, we've had two sessions now. We've never, we have never addressed these emergency powers. Everyone's forgotten. Nobody cares that law still allows our governor to rule by executive order. Um, I will file that bill every day until I get enough people to care that we need to fix or repeal whatever needs to be done, that emergency power statute, so that that never happens again. It, that has to be done. Uh, we've got to secure medical freedom. We had a bill this year that would have done what Montana did preserve a person's right to make their own medical decision, at least when it comes to a vaccine in terms of uh, goods and services, places of public accommodation and employment. Um, so that's another thing, election integrity. Look, I, I believe, I'm not saying that in 2020, we had massive issues in Tennessee. What I am saying is we don't know because we don't have a system by which we audit our elections. 70 of 95 counties don't even have paper ballots to go back and audit. It's a huge problem. Um, I hate the machines. Uh, we had, we personally supported four election integrity bills this year, all of which died. Um, so look, we, we have to do more work at securing our elections. Um, our schools, wouldn't it be great if we could act? Why can't we get porn out of our... Why, <clears throat> Tennessee, y'all, Tennessee, and we can't, we just can't seem to get porn out of our school libraries. That's amazing. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know how that happens, but we can't get porn out of our school libraries. That has, that has to change. Um, and this is a big one. This last one, this certainly isn't like a one bill thing, but I don't hear enough people talking about this. We have got to get federal money out of the state. Federal money needs to get out of education. Federal money needs to get out of healthcare. We need to get as much federal money out of Tennessee and out of these state programs as we possibly can. Because from where I'm sitting, the last thing we want from here on out is in any way, shape, or form to have strings attached and to be beholden by our budget to the federal government we we've we've got to stop that gravy train we don't and look we operate on a two to three million dollar uh billion dollar sorry surplus here in tennessee if there was a state that was in a fiscal position to literally begin removing federal dollars from our state it would be tennessee and we ought to do that i agree and, and you know i used to not believe this but the older i get the more i see the truth in it that the root of all evil is the love of money. And I, sometimes I wonder, like from a spiritual standpoint, if it's not the fact that we're holding on tighter to temporary material things than we are spiritual things, if that's, if that's what that means and boils down to. But if you watch illegal immigration, why can't we get anything done on it? Love of money. Medical freedom, why couldn't we get anything done of it? Love of medical money. Mm. Why couldn't we protect the medical freedoms of federal workers in Tennessee? because we might lose some federal money. Why can't we correct this or that thing in, in public schools? Why can't we offer school choice 
uh, to people in the, in the, in the failing, in the top bottom 10% of failing Tennessee schools, love of money, love of money going into that education budget. So we can create this government job factory so people can earn money, state money, federal money. And you are right. Uh, and, you know, wherever the money comes from, the more corrupt the source, the more corrupting the influence. And we have seen the federal government can't be any more corrupt. And so, and, and a lot of these corporations can't either. And that's what they line their campaign coffers with. And therefore, that's what you get, what you get. So talk about how people can find out more about you and your campaign if they're interested in, as you stated, sending a fighter who's unapologetic, who, who's not owned, uh, who does not have you know, 16 years of financial obligations to special interests. Uh, talk about how people can find out more about you and your campaign. Yeah, you can find me at GaryHumbleForSenate.com. That's GaryHumbleForSenate.com. All the social media things at GaryHumbleForSenate. And um, look, it, I don't care where you are in the state. There's a way to get involved. Uh, you can volunteer certainly by phone banking. We have, we have folks that are already signed up like literally from Johnson city to drive here and knock on doors. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Don't get me wrong. We got, we have plenty of volunteers just here in Williamson County, but folks all across the state are wanting to get involved in this race. Why? Because it sends a message that the message consistently sent from the establishment is don't challenge the incumbent. You can't win. Don't challenge this guy. He's got too much money. You'll never win. I, I just, I'm crazy enough to think that we're living in a different season and Tennesseans have seen enough post COVID that we're not buying that argument anymore because we know we need change. There is so much energy and enthusiasm already in this campaign. Um, it's, it's really exciting. And so Gary humble for Senate.com certainly look, um, if you can't volunteer could certainly use, uh, some help financially. We are not funded by, uh, special interest groups. We are funded by people. Um, I don't have a pack that I'm taking in loads of money. All I have is my campaign account. So each individual is maxed out at $1,600, which means if I'm going to be competitive, it's going to take a lot of people uh, to get involved financially. So uh, I ran Jack's Q4 financial report uh, just from the uh, end of last year. And in those last three months, he took in $204,000 to his campaign account, $150,000 of which packs. Um, so I, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm putting forward to my constituents here in Williamson County and district, what will be District 27, you want someone beholden to special interests or you want someone beholden to the people? Um, I'm looking to do what I've done for the last two years and work for the people of Tennessee. Well, Gary, uh, I appreciate all that you have done to fight for medical freedom, educational freedom, individual freedom in our state. I uh, wish you the very best of luck on the campaign trail. Give them hell. You, I mean, when you run a campaign, you got to run to win, and I know that you will. Uh, and if you care about what's going on in the volunteer state and you want to find more news and stories like this, please go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com or look for Tennessee Conservative wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis uh, signing off.